0: Welcome to At The Root with Greg Kuyper. Greg is a psychotherapist and holistic life coach. His practice is Kuyper Counseling. Through his professional practice and personal experiences, Greg knows that without connection to ourselves, connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. If you have a question or a comment, you can certainly call into the show the number is 425-373-5527 or you can go to kypercounseling.com it is confidential reach out to Greg ask him a question and you can learn on his website more about him and his various services so so oh. we have been exploring heady stuff for the past few weeks mm. and a lot. Um, yeah yeah and so I think it was actually you that suggested that perhaps we kind of go back and we review a little bit what we've been talking about.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good idea. There's been a, a, a lot that we've put out there lately. Yeah.
0: It's a lot. Well, okay. So, let's review. And I know that you will you'll correct um <laughs> as we as we go through. Um because this is you can't really bullet point this stuff can you No it's yeah. really
1: hard I tried as you can see I gave you some notes there and they're Yeah, yeah it's all over the place cuz I'm like <laughs> Ugh.
0: so um okay so starting with ourselves right Mhm and recognizing we talk a lot about the grand illusion, which involves us in relationship to our significant other. Right. But it starts with our own illusions about ourself.
1: Right, right. And, and, you know, we develop those from things that happen to us, experiences, life, right? Every day something is thrown our way, told to us. We learn knowledge, information, experiences, the The whole nine yards. Whatever goes on in our life is input, right? And if that input, in any way, hurts us, or, or causes us to doubt, or you know, an emotional wound starts mm-hmm. from from whoever or whatever is out there, uh, then these these wounds can can grow and fester or whatever you want to call it. And, and over time, um, we have to have a way of defending ourselves, protecting ourselves, right? And so we develop these bandages, I call them, over the wounds. And, and the bandages all become part of this illusion that we live and it's, it's automatic, right? We are living automatically every day on this autopilot. That just kind of goes, and, and from it, we react mm-hmm. all the time to other input or to other people. We react. We get defensive. Whatever it is, we get angry. We, we deny. We withdraw. Whatever it is we do, we're reacting to protect ourselves um, from the damage of those wounds, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the illusion. It's not real.
0: Right. It's well, not
1: real. That's why I call it illusion. It's it's false. It's it's not the real us.
0: And it's interesting because it's, you know, we're taking the path of least resistance. Sure. And what's funny about that is on in reacting on autopilot, mm-hmm. sometimes we're reacting to things that we've climbed like the ladder of inference. Mm. We're we're making an assumption that our the person that we're interacting with is is going there, but they're not necessarily, but we're so prepared and armed for bear right? that we're like, we just unload.
1: And we're used to it, responding that way. I mean, it's automatic, once again, that without bringing it into awareness, we're just on that autopilot every day. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, then something generally... Something happens in an interaction with others. It's, what, it's, it's one of the ways, but it generally happens this way. It's an interaction with another human, whether that's whatever it is. And that interaction, um, the autopilot doesn't work
0: mm-hmm.
1: in that interaction. And so the other person gets mad or angry or upset or defensive or whatever, and they have their own inner their own reaction from their autopilot so you get these two automatic unconscious reactions going on and both of them are illusions and so how can there be any truth there how can how can uh, anything work out even right and that's why we have we have uh, problems in those interactions
0: right the well connection
1: the connections not there.
0: Well, and we've talked in, in past episodes about how couples come in saying, you know, we're just not communicating anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and how really that is what they're really saying is that we're not connecting. Right. I mean, yes, it's communication. Um, but you've talked a lot about expressing what your needs are and being very blatant about it. And being open. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Being open. I mean, Think of how much of our day we spend uh, rehearsing what to say to someone or living in that movie or that fantasy in our head about if I, I have to word it this way or they're going to think this. So we're living in all these assumptions or I've got to be careful how I word this or you know what, I'm not even going to bring up this concern of mine because I know where it's going to go. All of these little dances we do all day long are coming from that autopilot, that unconscious functioning reaction, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, ideally, wouldn't it be great if you could just say what you're thinking and feeling to the person you're interacting with? They get it. They say what they're thinking and feeling, and everybody's fine. Right. Maybe there's not an agreement, but everybody's fine because they know the real thing is out there on the table. Well, how often does that happen, right? And you got to work at this to make this happen.
0: we got to pretty up the package.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because we're, once again, operating as we always have in a reactive fashion. So they say something or do something, we react exactly like we always have, and that reaction causes the other person to react just the way they always have. And uh, without either person bringing awareness into this, then it's just two people interacting on eggshells, basically, mm-hmm. right? Dancing. Right, Dancing. and getting
0: cut by those eggshells.
1: And getting hurt. And, and then resentments. And then who knows how long that goes on. And uh, having to backtrack and trying to repair it. Um, so the the idea becomes, not, it becomes somehow finding the awareness when we're reacting so that we can cut it off at the past, stop it, or if we do react, repair it as soon as we can, right? Mm-hmm. In an honest and open fashion. This is all about vulnerability and trust, isn't it? That's basically what it is.
0: Well, and... Um we talked a couple episodes back about this idea of, um, you know, giving people, like, how much rope you give, right? Right. And cutting people slack in situations and that, you know, what do you want to do about that? How much rope do you want to, how much rope do you have left? How much do you want to give? Right.
1: Well, and that happens a lot for me when I work with couples, right? I mean, they come in and it's, it hasn't been good for 15 years or more. And now it's, it's maybe steadily gotten worse. The connection between them is what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. And and so, uh, yeah, the communication has gone bad because there is no connection. And uh, many of them believe that the communica- solving the communication problem is going to, that's what we need to do. Well, it's solving the connection problem, which will improve the communication. But um, if if both of those partners have been reacting from their subconscious autopilot all these years, uh, protecting their emotional wounds with, with their bandages, the, you know, living the illusion, then um, no wonder they're not connecting. Right. I mean, it's, it's uh, I can't tell him this. Because he will be, get really mad and this will be bad. So just not telling him makes it even worse, right? Over time, over time and time and time. You, then you're bottling up your feelings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're, you're, you're feeding right into perhaps what you already have, which is insecurities about the value of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, and so you're just reinforcing those things, perhaps. Mm-hmm. for some. And uh you're certainly not um helping your partner in any way because you're not letting your partner know how you feel and how you think.
0: Right. Well, and you're dictating you're dictating the narrative for yourself and for your partner. There you go. Yeah. And, you know, each of you are unwittingly doing it. Yeah. And meanwhile, it's like you don't know you don't right. know the narrative that's going on you're making assumptions we all know what happens when you make assumptions right. and um however if you can come together and start uh being kind of on the same team with these things
1: right right the pro- the problem becomes once we once we are doing this this dance of uh reacting and 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 uh walking on eggshells and being careful and, and living this false life, these, these two people living together with very little emotional connection, once that happens, then you can the conflict can really escalate, right? Because you can become so sensitive to the other person's reactions. You take it as a criticism, the criticism immediately you react with a defense, right? You get defensive. That's not true. That's not what I said. You always do that. You never do that. Whatever it is, right? You get to that point. And then that just triggers the other person. No, wait a second, you know? And then here Uh you go, back and forth, criticize, defend, criticize, defend. And finally, one or the other uh, typically will um, withdraw, right? Uh Just... That's enough. (laughs) It's enough. I can't do this anymore. Walk away. And sometimes it gets so bad that they, I mean, the withdrawal will happen immediately. Nope, 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 not listening. Nope, we're not doing this. Right. I walk away. And then that typically causes the other person to follow. Wait a second. You know, I think, so you follow them around the house. You know, I mean, we all do this, or it's most of us do it have done it, let's put it that way. Oh, yeah. You know, and so that's that critical loop we talk about that both both partners are operating from their individual illusions and nothing's constructing uh, constructive is happening. And so we have to figure out, well, it's important that we figure out the triggers that we are how we're triggering their illusions because it's something Mm -hmm. caused that person to react like that. I mean, was it my words? Was it my behavior? Did I roll my eyes? Did I sigh deeply? What was it that I did that triggered this other, this reaction in my partner? Mm -hmm. Because once that reaction is triggered, it's here we go. Oh, it's game on. Game on. And, And it's vice versa too. What did they do that triggered my reaction? And these are these reactions once again come from the illusions that we're living from. Who knows when, right? I mean, way back when, Dad, Dad, uh, we never did anything right. No matter how good it was, it was never right. Right. And so, we became a person with little self value. I'm, I must be really bad. I can't do anything right. Uh, you're a kid thinking this. And then you carry that with you, you carry that with you. It gets reinforced over time and now it's 25, 30 years later and you still, in your head, can't do anything right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's just, it's an illusion.
0: Right. It's so then not when you're, true. When your partner says false. something.
1: It is totally false. And yet it is right there in your being Totally. And um, and then your partner says something, it triggers you, and here you go off on the critical loop again. And how do we get out of that? Mm-hmm. Awareness, right?
0: Awareness, and you know, you talk about that realization, and you talk about the that acceptance, and then you talk about the, you know, it's never one person that's a party to it; it's both.
1: Right. Right. It's both of us.
0: You know, they're both going to have to go on the journey together. They're both going right. to have to help each other out.
1: Well, hopefully, right? Because, you know, they come to a point where they understand what the illusions are in the other person. And, and, and then it's like, oh, well, you know, that's going to be a lot of work, right. perhaps, right? Or, or, or we hope we don't go there, but it's like, boy, he's got a lot of work to do. Or have I even got this in me to work on this and keep the relationship going too, right? There's some decisions to be made. Right. And this is the time for the renewal of the, of the commitment, right? Yep. These, these individual questions are going to have to be uh, worked out together. And, and it, it comes down to it's no longer the work the other has to do. It's the work we both have to do together.
0: Mm-hmm. I liked how you differentiated last time. You talked about how each needs to do work individually on themselves together.
1: Together. Right? Think about it. If one, if one person's struggling trying to figure this out and the other person is, like, tapping their foot for years. Right. Waiting for them to figure it out. How long are they going to last? Right? However, if you're working on it together, supporting each other moving through this in a fashion of this is a we and we're trying to make the we stronger. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to do. So, you know, let's go back to this session with Char and Steve that we had. Uh, and he just experienced a vulnerable moment with Char. I don't know if you remember last time, but I'll kind of recap it a little bit as we get started. He validated her feelings mm-hmm. when she became vulnerable and opened to him. This was hard for him. So going back, I said to Steve, please tell her what you heard and felt, Steve, as she shared that with you. Please look back into her eyes. He had averted his eyes to me. I coached him a bit. "Shar, I heard you say... Char, I heard you say you were lonely and you feel worthless. I asked him, and, and, and what did you feel, Steve? When you heard that, when he you, you kind of choked a little bit and said, that, that must have been terrible. I can't imagine. I sat back and I watched as they hugged each other with quiet tears. After a few moments, they separated, and both were embarrassed by the newness of this vulnerability, something they hadn't experienced a lot together. I asked, Char, what came up for you? When Steve said those last words to you, she paused for a second and then and she said, you know, it was like a jolt of, I don't know how to describe it, like, like we were one for that moment. And then a, a huge sense of relief. I felt validated that I'm not crazy. It all happened in an instant, so, so it's hard to describe, put into words. It sounds to me like you felt connected to Steve at a deep level in that moment, brief as it was. I said, you had a feeling of being felt by Steve. She replied, yes, that is it for sure. I felt felt. She smiled at Steve. What was it like for you to Steve in that moment when you said, I can't imagine? What did you experience in that moment? He looked at me, pausing, looking for words. At first, it was like a release. No, no, like something got let out. And then it became uncomfortable as my reaction inside was, wait, what, what, what was that? Kind of unexpected, surprising. It was scary. Like you weren't in control for a moment? Yeah, he replied. Go back to that moment. What did you feel she was feeling? He paused again with a furrowed brow, thinking hard. And then he said, pain. Despair. She was feeling pain and despair. He then quickly sat back and, shaking his head, exclaimed, Can we not do this right now? Let's talk about something else. (laughs) I noticed Shar was studying him intently. I replied, I'd like to stick with this for just a little bit longer, Steve. Bear with me. What are you feeling right now, physically, in your body? He was a little tense, and his eyes were opened wide. I don't like this. My heart rate is up. I'm tense in my chest. I'm sweating. His anxiety was rising, and I didn't want it to escalate too much. But at the same time, I wanted him to be with the feeling and recognize it in this moment. Steve, close your eyes and breathe deeply, like I did with Char. After a couple minutes, he was clearly more calm. What do you think that was, Steve? I asked. I don't know. Why don't you tell me? He was shifting back into being in control. Comfortable place for him. Well, in a nutshell, your illusion got triggered. He backed down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. He resigned. So what do I do with this? Your fear of being vulnerable with your emotions is unconscious, Steve. And automatic, from, coming from a long time ago. And it's just been there with you. The emotional wound of your dad's abuse, your emo- the, abu- the emotional abuse he, he, he caused you, created this bandage of withdrawal from feelings. Your dad is gone. He's not here. Do you think Char or I pose a threat to you being able to share your feelings right here? Before he could answer, I said, let's ask your partner. Char, what would you like to share with Steve right now? I motioned for them to assume the position, you know, holding hands and looking into each other's eyes. And they did. Oh, Steve. I want you to know that I get it. Now, I really do. I know what fear feels like, Steve. I've been living with it every day for a long time. And to know that it can be there for you, too, is so... Uh, it's reassuring in a twisted kind of way. I hate to think that my fear requires you to be stronger and not allow you to understand your own anxiety. Is it possible that we might be able to share our fears and work on them together? Do you think we can do that? Maybe, Steve replied. I smiled, thinking baby steps are good.
0: Maybe isn't no.
1: Maybe is not no. This is a hard one for Steve, right? I mean, when he felt those feelings there, I mean, he had basically, he was on the way to a panic attack, right? He was. It was like, whoa, I don't like this.
0: Well, and question, when you're with somebody who is avoidant. Mm Mm-hmm. And you share the way that you feel when Char shared the, you know, I feel mm-hmm. worthless and unseen and unheard. Do you automatically feel like it, that? Well, I guess you're saying that, yes, you do. This defensiveness of like, you know, well, that's not I didn't do that. You know, whatever it is. So that moment that he really explored instead of his role in it, but focused on her feelings about it.
1: Yeah, that's what. That's what triggered all this, right? Because his normal reaction would have been something like, oh, you're too sensitive, or, or I didn't mean that. You know I didn't mean that. I didn't say that. You know, those kind of things, negating, un- invalidating what she's feeling. Right. He didn't do that this time. Right. But he he was pretty uncomfortable when he felt her pain and despair, and he did. Mm-hmm. He said he did. It was on his face; you could see it, and he did not like that. Right? Well, I mean, it's and uh, it's okay. I mean, that's a start.
0: It must be an interesting thing because I feel like, and perhaps I'm projecting based on my own experiences, <laughs> uh, going from the she shares, and instead of reacting defensively and attacking, he then he actually feels it. And then you just must feel like that sadness and the weight of it. It's got to be a lot. It's
1: got to be a lot. Yeah, it does. Mm. And uh, I'm just glad he was able to, to 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 feel it once there. And and baby steps, like I said. Yep, absolutely. As they move forward, right?
0: Absolutely. It's it's good stuff. Uh, if you want to continue to hear some more of this good stuff, then you can find out the root <laughs> on really any platform you so desire. Uh, You can also go to KuiperCounseling.com and connect with Greg. Greg, in your ever-wise words.
1: Stay aware out there, everybody. See you next week.